Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Thank you very much. Please be seated. The Lord richly bless you. In Jesus' name. I, I, it's my privilege to speak to you every year, once a year. And um, this one is not an exception. I'm so glad I'm able to be at this meeting so I can speak the word of God. I was telling them in the adult church that talking to you is, is something I cherish because um, most of you are young and um, in fact, all of you are young, including your pastor himself. And you are in the age bracket of the apostles of Jesus. Because um, how do I know? Well, Jesus himself was 30 years old. And uh, you think he was calling 40 year olds to follow him? No. He was calling people that were either in their late 20s or mid 20s or even early 20s to follow him. And when he was going to heaven, he committed everything to the hands of these young people. And so I see you as a generation in whose hands, to whose hands God wants to commit so much. You are our future. And uh, it's my privilege to share God's word with you and to establish you firmly. Uh, unlike those older people. Most of those older people, they are a jagged bear that cannot be cannot be car or as card and cannot be because what is bear they are they are dry you know what it means to be bear if you ever buy fish from Mokola market and it's dry fish uh, it's very difficult to to car <laughs> uh, I'm serious about that but you, you are very open. And uh, I was telling them also that almost all of the people that left this place and came over, graduated to us, are doing very well. They are a blessing to us. And uh, we thank God for the work that is being done here. The work of uh, meeting you at a very critical point in your life. Critical stage of your life. Because here is a place where you are just... You don't even know what you are doing. You don't know where you are going. You don't know anything yet. You are still trying to find out what is this world, what is life. And uh, if at that point God makes you to find uh, a good church like this, where the word of God is taught and preached, it's a big, big plus. And so I thank God for you and I thank God for your pastor. Everybody say we love Pastor Fred. Is a son in whom I'm well pleased. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, because he took up the challenge at a very difficult time. But God helped him, has helped him, continues to help him. And um, I can listen to those testimonies. That is the essence, really, of ministry. People. People meeting Christ. That is it. Ministry is not the size of your church or the size of your car and all those things. Or how popular you are. No, ministry is helping people to find Christ. Find their bearing in life. Discover what life is. For there is no other life except in Jesus. And so today I will speak to you uh, very quickly. I'll make it very short. 
Uh, my wife just returned after about uh, almost eight months. And so I've been missing her. We have not talked. We have not been able to talk. Uh, and um, so we still want to go and talk. <laughs> and so I, I also want to get away from here quickly. But I take this as a sacred assignment. And I intend to fulfill it. I intend to bring you God's word as he delivered it to me. I woke up 3 a.m. this morning. She was still sleeping and snoring uh, when I woke up so that I can prepare for this. I have my message planned out and uh, I trust that I'll be able to deliver it as the Lord has made me to see it. But more importantly, I want you to listen, please. God will help you to understand because it's very, very spiritual. What I'm saying is very spiritual. You see it in the Bible, but then you have to see it in your heart. And that's what we call revelation. When what is spoken becomes life or reality in you. Uh, young people need to understand. Paul says to the Ephesian Christian, Ephesians 4 verse 3, he said, you will understand when you read. Understanding is important. If you don't understand, the enemy can easily take it away from your heart. That's why there are four souls in the Bible the only one that produced was the one that understood. If you don't understand the word of God, you can hear it. You can even say it. It wouldn't work. But when you do understand it, it takes root. And that is when it becomes productive. That is when it begins to work in your life. And I want to say that this morning, I'm believing God that the words I'm going to speak here this morning, or I hope it's still morning, okay, will work in your life. And it will produce fruit. It will multiply. And your life will never be the same again. It is not because I said it. It's because God said it. The power of the word of God is not in who is speaking it. But in the power that is behind it. The power that, that is behind the word of God is God himself. And it works. Hallelujah. Everybody said the word works. The word works. Now, let me take you a little higher. The word is working in my life. Say it very well. The word is working in my life. That's important. I'll get to it very soon. The truth is this. Whether you feel it or not, or whether you know it or not, the word works. It's always working. And if you just acknowledge it, it will complete its work. If you just say, oh, I know it. It will just complete his work. And um, it's not good to start and not finish. It's not good for the work to start working and not finish. So whatever happens after this service, remember the word is working. Amen? I will repeat it again when I get there. Whatever happens, whatever happens to you, just remember the word is working. So everybody said the word is working. Because the word works. I'll go over that again so that you register. The word is working because the word works. Look at the sequence. The word is working because the word works. Whether I feel it or not, whether I understand it or not, the word is working. Amen. So let me speak to you what I've called the mystery of the greater glory. The mystery of the greater glory. I will, tell, I will tell you what the mystery is. It is not really a mystery. It is actually 
uh, already revealed. But it is revealed in the word. And so, people that don't read the word or people that don't understand the word, it remains a mystery. So, I'll tell you exactly what the mystery is. Then, I'll tell you about the qualifying word that is greater. In the things of God, you don't hear too much of the greatest. You hear of the greater because always compality. So, I'll talk about the greater. Then, I'll talk about the glory. I want to explain it. I'll take each of those words and explain them within the course of this discourse. And I trust that the Lord will bring you very powerful understanding in Jesus' name. Uh, I will read the Bible at the appropriate time and uh, if you are in this church, you should come with your Bible. And uh, when I say open your Bible, please open it. At other times, I may not say it because I'm trying to get quickly to my next point. But if I tell you to open, please stand open. Uh, it's a good place to learn how to quickly open your Bible, church. Uh, some people don't come to church with their Bible. Somebody told me, we're having a party recently and said, I forgot my Bible. I said, it's coming to Bible study, but he forgot his Bible. Don't do that in Stone Church. Uh, maybe in your church where you are coming from, nobody opens the Bible. In this place, we open the Bible. Amen? Aha. So, I will tell you to open the Bible at occasions, and then uh, I will get to the, to the cocoa of the matter, and uh, by the time I'm through, you will be blessed. Uh, and I said this, as I'm speaking, people are getting healed. Because I've spoken the word, and the word is working. The people get healed, not because of me, but because the word is working. Amen? That is our mandate. To let people know that the word is working. And I've proven this over and over. You see, at the end of the service, some people will have been healed. Some people will be healed tomorrow. Some people will be healed three weeks. I was in Germany some months ago, and uh, uh, just had a service like this for three days, and then I came back to Nigeria. The pastor told me that a week after, one brother had a growth on his neck like this at the service. The growth did not go, but about three days, he just found out, ah, this thing, where is it? Big growth like this. So you see, because I told them the word is working, they knew that even though the growth was there, the word was working. Hallelujah. So trust me when I say that. It's not me, so it's him, so I have no problem at all. Uh, whether your growth goes or not, it doesn't really matter to me as much as the one that says it is working. Glory be to God. The mystery of the greater glory. I'll do it quickly. So try and understand as much as possible, but if you don't fully get it, I mean, even if you get it, get the CD or the message. I don't know how you do it here. But get a, a CD and listen to it again. And listen to it again. When you get it, no devil can stop you. I can, I can assure you. It wouldn't be me. I will have gone. But you can bask in the glory of the facts that the word is working. The words I will speak today, precious Father, I pray that you cause it to work abundantly. Visit us through your word. Open our eyes of understanding through your word. Let this word be effectual and let it run speedily. In the name of Jesus. The mystery of the greater glory. A divine visitation is on the horizon. It will surpass anything we have had before in history. The prophecy of scriptures and uh, men down through the ages have said it and they are still saying it. That by the spirit of the Lord they know 
that um, the Acts of the Apostles is just a glimpse of what God can do if only men and women will yield to him. Men and women have experienced God in the past. If you read your Bible or if you read history, uh, many of the stories that we are hearing today, they, they're like a child's play. And uh, we've discovered that there's a possibility of greater in our generation. Something greater is about to break forth upon our planet. God, by his spirit, is about to unleash a group of people, and that will include you certainly, that we yield to him in such a way that he will use them to show forth his glory. That is what we call the greater glory. In the Old Testament, we had people that had God's presence like Moses. Moses went to church one day. That is, he went to the presence of the Lord. That's what church is. When you come to church, you come to God's presence. And um, he came out from that experience, and the Bible says his face was shining like the sun. That is glory. <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter 3. When you get home, you can read it. He came out from God, and he was, his face was shining like the sun. So they had to cover his face. The next church service, he couldn't, they had to cover his face because his face was shining. If you can't look at the sun, can you? You can't. But then we now found out that uh, there's something more than that. That is the greater glory we are talking about. Let's read one or two scriptures to buttress that point quickly. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32. If you have a Bible, please open to it. It's good. Uh, there's virtue. Just reading it. Even if you don't understand, just read it. Hebrews 11 uh, is a chapter of uh, what you call the gallery of faith. Great men of faith. You see them revealed in Hebrews chapter 11. I will quickly read from verse 32. You can read the whole chapter sometime in your, in your leisure. Listen to this, I will say, gallery of great men and what they did with their lives that God did through them. What shall, I, what shall I more say? For the time will fail me. After talking about Abraham, talking about Moses, talking about Elijah, talking about everybody. You know, I said, what will I say again? Time will fail me to speak about Gideon, of Barak, and of Samson, and of Japheth, of David also, and Samuel, and of the prophets. Listen to what they did. Who through faith subdued kingdoms. They didn't subdue kingdoms because they were from a particular family or from a particular tribe or they were tall or they were short. It was through faith they subdued kingdoms. They wrought righteousness. They obtained promises. They stopped the mouths of lions. They quenched the violence of fire. Escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness were made strong. They waxed valiant in fight. Turned to flight the armies of the aliens. How did they do this? How were they able to do this? By faith. Verse 35. Women received their dead raised to life again. That is, women were raising the dead. And others were tortured, not accepting deliverance. That is, the fact that they, they were all doing these things, they were tortured. They had problems, like challenges. He said, but they refused deliverance so that they might obtain a better resurrection. I'll talk about that someday. 
Others had trial of cruel mockings, scourgings, yea, moreover, bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sun asunder. They were tempted. were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheep's kings and goat's kings, being destitute, afflicted, tormented. Now, this is, these are not good things. I'm sure nobody wants that. But listen, faith is not just to get you answers to your prayers. Faith is also what keeps you going when the answer does not come. People don't know that. They don't know that, oh, if you have faith, then you won't have problems. No, that's not true. That's not true at all. But what faith does, when answer does not come, you are still strong. Are you hearing me? That is, you can go to heaven praising God. You can go, to, it's better to die in faith than to live in unbelief. Are you following me? So these people had faith, but they had problems. They had challenges. Now listen to verse, uh, these people, he said, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. Now, these people, God looked at them and said, the world does not deserve you. <laughs> these are people of faith. These people, because they were living by faith, they were of a higher level in the eyes of God. The world around them was messed up. But they were living by faith. They were different like Noah in the days when everybody was going crazy. Noah served God. And the Bible said it was because of him, his commitment and dedication, that God reigned on the earth and destroyed it. Now these people, the world was not worthy of them. Now verse 39, this is where I'm going. And this all heaven obtained a good report through faith received not the promise. And then God having provided some, something better, some, some better thing for us that they without us should not be made perfect. That is where I'm going. These people, they died in faith. And uh, the Bible said, God has prepared something better. I said, Lord, these people with all these miracles, with all these wonderful things they've done, what can be better? That is what I'm talking about, the greater glory. Now, all of these people were under the glory of the Old Testament. The Bible said God is preparing something better in the New Testament. I said, Lord, what is this? What is this thing that can be better than this? What is this thing that when somebody can silence a lion, somebody can walk into fire and fire will not burn them. Somebody can raise the dead. The Bible says something is still better and that is the greater glory. It is the mystery of that greater glory I want to explain to you today. The something better is actually the mystery of the greater glory. The something better. Everybody say something better. Is the greater glory. Open to Colossians chapter 1. Verse 21. I'm happy that the parents are here. Your children, <laughs> what God has planned for your children is much more than you can imagine. You know, some, some, most parents don't know 
They relate to their children as if, well, you know, you this generation, you are not serious, you are not this, you are not that. Yeah, they might look like they are serious, but you see, the Christ in them is serious. And he will do what he wants to do with them in a short while. Colossians chapter 1. Paul the Apostle is just talking about the greater glory here. Verse 21. It says, And you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now has he reconciled in the body of his flesh through faith to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. He said, If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel. I want to remember that the hope of the gospel, which you have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. Verse 24. Who now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. That's not where I'm going. Verse 25. He said, whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Verse 26. Now we are getting there. Even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations. But now, everybody say but now. But now it's made manifest to his saints. That's a mystery which has been hidden. But Paul says now. It is being manifest to the saints. Verse 27. To whom God will make known. That is, God will reveal that he is the saints. He will make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery. Among the Gentiles. What is that mystery? Christ in you. The hope of glory. Now listen to verse 20, 28 and 29. This Christ in you, which is the hope of glory... Whom we preach. What does he preach? Christ in you. He said, this is whom we preach. And warning every man. And teaching every man. Listen now. In all wisdom. That we may present every man. And every woman. Perfect in Christ Jesus. Verse 29. Whereunto, he says, I also labor. <laughs> Striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. The Lord bless those words to our hearts in Jesus' name. That's my message. Paul says there's a mystery. A mystery is something, Greek word mysterion means something that we don't know. It was hidden in God. And that mystery is that. <laughs> Christ can live in people. That is, God can live in people. When he gets into their lives, he creates in them the hope of glory. He said, this is what I preach. That's his hope. If you read all the letters of Paul, he was talking about this Christ living in people. He was talking about Christ living in men, living in women. And I said, this is a mystery. Because people don't know until the Holy Spirit brings it to you. Then when you know it, you will now see that it begins to work in your life. 
so that you can enter into what you now call a greater glory. Because the glory, like I told you, they had in the Old Testament was a glory. But this one that you and I are privileged to live in until we finish our course, we have to preach it, we have to teach it, and that's why when I say the church is <laughs> must stop singing silly songs, must stop propagating problems and propagating uh, 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 even so-called testimonies sometimes that gives glory more to the man than to Christ. And I insist that certain things should not be said on our altar. Anything that does not glorify Christ, any song that you sing that does not put Christ at the center, even if you are talking about what he has done, you have to be very careful. Because, like Paul says, you have to strive to do it. Because in a short time, it soon becomes a social gathering. Where everybody is patting everybody on the back. And some man is being elevated above Christ. And some church or denomination is being elevated above Christ. And many times, it does not work because uh, men have made a God in their own image. Many of the gods that are being preached today, if you like the gospel that is being preached today, has created men in the image of God. Not the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. A lot of us, therefore, many Christians, are not, we are not prepared for the greater glory. A lot of Christians, they go to church, but they cannot be partaker of the greater glory because they do not allow Christ to live in them. Talk less of yielding to Christ. The yieldedness is what actually produces the greater glory which is already in you. Christ is in you. Everybody say Christ is in me. Now, this is very important. I'm going to spend, I'll spend time to describe three points to establish this fact. If you don't know that and then live in the consciousness of it, you cannot flow with the greater glory. You can't. You just be playing church. And that's why it says, this is the mystery. This is the mystery that God is revealing now. He said this about 2,000 years ago when he wrote this. But you know, up to now, of course, there have been men and women over time who have uh, walked in some power through whose life Christ has actually lived. And you know that they accomplish things that only God can accomplish. Even though they were ordinary human beings. But because Christ was living in them, he was able to accomplish so much. Now listen, the greater glory we are in, one of the things that makes it greater is that every single one of you here will carry the glory. I said, I said every one of you will carry the glory. It's important. Every one of you. Not Pastor Fred alone. Not me alone. Not this pastor. Not your parents. Every single one of you can and will carry the glory in the name of Jesus. This is it's not a popular thing. You probably not hear it in many places. 
What I'm sharing with you is that because you accept Christ into your heart, he's living in you. And Christ that is living in you, he isn't living in you so that you can worship him. You should worship him. But he's living in you so that he can walk through you. So that he can walk in you and through you. That you come into a place of intimacy. You and Christ. Everybody say, Christ lives in me. I will explain this in some details in a minute. But I want to get the general picture. After this explanation, the remaining, I believe, very, very short. So, I'm sure I should be through. When you become a Christian, what it means to be a Christian is to have Christ live in you. The person of Christ. I will explain what the Christ means. When he comes into your heart, he's not there so that you carry him around and say, oh, Christ lives in me. No. One, he wants you to remember that he's living in you. It's like a marriage. If you're married to a woman or you're married to a man, you must not forget. You know, when I first got married, I forgot. For the first one week, I, didn't, I went to work and I was going to travel. So I traveled from work. Usually before I got married, when I travel from work, I don't, the key of my room is in my pocket. But on this occasion, <laughs> I, I was traveling out of town. And I'd forgotten that I got married on Saturday. So when they said, oh yeah, yeah, let's go, we have to travel. I said, oh yeah, let's go. I forgot. So I, and it was before mobile phone and all this. Thing. So I got to where I was going. I said, ah. I didn't tell my wife. Because <laughs> I forgot. You know, that's how all of us forget God. We all forget. But listen, we are in a marriage. You and God. Hey, but I'm not perfect. That's not the point at all. I didn't pray this morning. That's not the point. The point is that Jesus is resident in you. In real time. Now, as I speak. I don't feel anything. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Can you imagine a room full of people in which every single person has Jesus in them who remember that Jesus is in them and they are unleashed on this planet earth. And every one of them remembers when they get to work, when they get to their neighborhood, when they get to their football team, or like a school of nursing, you, you, you remember Christ is in you, then you begin to do well in your exams. Because the truth of the matter is this, Jesus lives in you and he wants out. He wants to manifest through your life. He wants people to meet him through you. Your hand becomes his hand. Your leg becomes his leg. Smetugus was one of the greatest healing evangelists. He said, when he, in the morning when he's going out, he will say to himself, looking at the mirror, this suit, anywhere this suit goes, Jesus goes there. And in those days, they used to wear hats. Anywhere this hat goes, Jesus goes there. Because he said, I'm a thousand bigger on the inside than I am on the outside. Amen? Amen. I am a hundred times, a thousand times bigger on the inside. Why? Because Jesus lives there. If you get this, your pastor will explain in greater details in the weeks ahead. Because even the older ones, I'm still teaching them this. Because people don't forget they are in a marriage. 
So they are tempted by another man, another woman. Because they've forgotten they're in a marriage, they begin to smile. You should not be smiling to any man. Once you're married, don't smile to anybody. If you smile to anyone, that's adultery. Is that true? It's true now. If your husband says, hey, why, why are you smiling to him? He says, I'm just smiling. You know, oh, they smile, you see. Oh. <laughs> I, paid, I paid your bath price. I wanted to get this because I'm not going to take three points to explain it. But that is the overall picture. That once you give your life to Christ, Jesus is resident in you. It's not just a nice, cute little statement. That's what the guy calls Christ in you. Christ in you. You see, this is the mystery. This is that which has been hidden. This is the crux of Christianity. Are you hearing me? This is the message of the New Testament. You don't need to talk to anybody about the things of God. You don't, you don't need to get permission from anybody to talk to Jesus. Jesus does not need that intermediary between you and him. You can talk to Jesus yourself. Hallelujah. This is as important as I, that's what Paul says. Uh, he said, I'm striving and I labor according to his working. That is, God is working in him. This same Christ is working in you to strive and to labor. And he says, this thing is what is the greater glory. Because we saw in Hebrews 11 that God has prepared something better. Hallelujah. Are you hearing me this morning? If you're here, can you say amen? If you've left the building, can you say amen? I'm just going to test you out and you failed. About 20-30% uh, failed. I said you left the building and you're looking at me like this. This is why many people are frustrated. Many Christians are frustrated. They're not enjoying Christianity because they have to go and prostrate to somebody before they are healed. Before they can prosper. You must join the club before you prosper. You must, uh, you, you must be something. <laughs> you must go for deliverance. Before. You're already delivered. If Christ is living in you, if, if he's living there, if he's not living there, then get him to live there. Then, walk with him. Walk with him. Talk to him. And let him walk through you. Anything that I see the Lord do, I know it's him, it's him that is working. Now look at his testimony, Pastor Fred. I remember faintly that Bible study. I just thought, let me teach Psalm 23. But God had him in mind. There were so many people at that Bible study. I remember fairly well. Because I've taught it 23 many times. It's not only once. Because the church is 30 years. And uh, <laughs> if it's 30 years, we must have taught some of these things over and over again. Bible study. But as I preached it, it became something in his life. Now, that thing that it became is still working out till today. Only God can do that. It's not me. It can't be me. I wish it could be me, but I know it's not me. Some other people had the same thing. Nothing happened to them. 
In fact, maybe they were sleeping also. As I'm speaking now, there are some people that are not, their mind is about, where shall we live? <laughs> but let me tell you something. If you have Christ in you, mm, there's no limit as to what God can do in your life. There's no limit. And all of you are very young. You still have a glorious future ahead of you. I was telling the adult church before I left now, I said, uh, many people that knew me when I was young, they can't believe that I'm a preacher today. They can't believe it. They say, ah, they're a pastor. <laughs> you know, we have this old boys platform. My classmates in secondary school, my classmates in uni, they were saying, ah, hey. So yeah, now, now I was a stammerer. I couldn't talk. I said, yeah, 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 yeah. My brother's name is Yinka. Yeah, 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 keep quiet. Don't nobody gives you chance. If you raise up your hand in class, say, I want to answer a question. Everybody's looking at you like this. The teacher doesn't want to even call you because you just hold back the class. So I stopped talking. And then you become bitter. Nobody, life does not give you a chance. Only God gives you a chance. Someone says, I have problems, I have problems. Who doesn't have problems? Life is not supposed to be a walk in the park. Life is a battleground. And only those who are strong can win. You cannot be strong in your own self. You need God. I said to young people, God did not create a world in which you will be relevant. God did not create you so that you don't need him. He created you so that you always depend on him. And something he did for us in Christ, which is classical of God, he now chose to live inside of us. So that you and him can have a glorious life. Glory be to Jesus. That is why it is called amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Listen, amazing because Grace is all that God has. And everything that God is, he's given unto us. Undeserved. If you like, ill-deserved. <laughs> you don't deserve it. In fact, you should get something opposite. But he gave it all to everything that he is. And how does he do it? It's in you. What you are looking for in Shokoto is in your Shokoto. Somebody say, I'm looking for power. The power is in you. Somebody say, I'm looking for people. Everything that controls people is in you. There's nothing you need that is not in Christ Jesus. And this Christ lives in you. So let me now explain with these three points and answer a very simple question. What does it really mean to Christ to live in you? Number one, the word Christ is the word anointed or anointing. He said Christ is in you. Christ lives in you. Christ lives in me. Lives in everybody that receives him. What is Christ? Is the anointing and the anointed one. That is the Holy Spirit who is God. That is what Christ means. The Holy Spirit. The person of the third person of the Godhead. The one that was moving over the face of the waters in Genesis chapter 1. The earth was without form and the earth was void. 
And then God said, Christ refers to the anointing. And what does the Bible say about the Christ and the anointing? He said, God was in Christ. First, uh, Second Corinthians chapter 5. God was in Christ. Verse 19. God was in Christ. This Christ that is in you, God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Verse 20. Now then, we are ambassadors of Christ. Listen, God was in Christ when Christ came into the world. The Christ is the anointing, is the anointed one. Now, it not says that this Christ is in you. So what is Christ doing in you? He's using me and you as ambassadors. He wants to live through you, you and me. As ambassadors. 2 Corinthians 5.20 He We are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead. Be ye reconciled to God. In other words, I'm the face of Christ to you. Because Christ lives in me. Just like God was in Christ. When Christ came... Christ was revealing the world, I mean, revealing God to people. So when people looked at Christ, they saw God. Now, John chapter 20, verse 21. It says, as my father has sent me, even though he sent you. John chapter 20, verse 21. Peace be unto you. As my father has sent me, even so send I you. So what am I saying? God the Father was in Christ when he came into the world. Christ now comes into you and I and says, as my Father sent me from heaven, just like that, me too, I send you. Everybody say, God send me. Ah, I did. Well, it's in the Bible. I don't feel it. It doesn't matter. God has said it. Are you hearing me now? That's the first thing you must know. That God has sent you in accordance with his word. And how did he do it? By coming to live in you. The reason he's living in you is so that he can send you. Did you get that? That's the first thing. God is living in you. For what purpose? Because he wants to use your life to reach other people. That's why the last command was go into all the world and preach the gospel. I tell our pastors, I say, you must prosper so that you can be able to achieve the purpose of which God made you. If you don't prosper, they will not listen to you. If you're a failure, if you are broke, you don't, have, you don't ask advice on financial matters from a broke person. If you are sick yourself, how can you help somebody who is sick? So your life is going to be used to show forth his glory. That's why the Bible says, let your light so shine amongst men that they might see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So Christ comes to live in you, to send you, to use you, according to the scriptures. Can I have an amen? amen. Does it make sense to you? Yes, it better make sense to you. Because that's the truth of the matter. 
What am I doing in this world? God sent me. Like he sent Jesus. If Jesus did not fail, then I cannot fail. Because the same God that sent him was living in him. Now, that same God, uh, this same Christ, who is the anointing and the third person of the Godhead, so God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost are all living in me so that I can do the same thing that Jesus did. Every life carries God on the inside. Amen. How do you feel? If you get, if you get it, you will feel who. But if you don't get it, you'll be looking at me like that man who put a headphone. I hope you are not listening to music. Oh, yeah, remove it, yeah. Well, devil can be deceiving you, and uh, the time that, that what I'm saying can make the difference between life and death. Can make the difference between success and failure. When you hear the word of God properly, you hear, you can never be the same again. The word begins to work, like I said. So, I want you to know this. In the person of the Holy Spirit, Christ lives in us. And is uh, living there so that he can reveal God to people. He sent you. He said, as my father sent me, so I sent you also. The day I saw that scripture, I said, ah, this is too much. Oh. <laughs> so like God sent Jesus, he sent me too. Jesus himself turned to me and said, hey boy, I sent you too. So when you're in the place and say, go, go, you say, no, I'm not going. God, should I go? God said, go. That's one of the reasons I sent you. Amen? That's number one. Number two, a revelation of Christ in you through the word now releases him to function and to live through us his life. A revelation of Christ in you through the word of God that is as you read the Bible and Christ is revealed to you like I'm doing this afternoon from those scriptures, through the scripture is the, is the most effective way to know God through the scriptures. Through the pages of the Bible, that's the most effective way. If God is revealed to you through the word, that word which reveals Christ will begin to function. Immediately it is revealed to you. The night I found Christ, I was a young man. I was 21. I was uh, like every crazy person. I walked to the front. I didn't know what I was doing, but I call it a walk of destiny, like many people. I didn't know what it meant. In fact, I said I was not going to go out. Because I've given my life to Christ two times before. I said, I'm tired. But I found myself in the front. And um, I gave my life to Christ. I didn't know what was going on. I was just looking like this. <laughs> with my jeans and my t-shirt like all of you, we used to, used to look like this <laughs> you know, jeans then was joint effort up, uh, advocating new society, jeans so it has to be very very faded we didn't cut our own like you are cutting your own now <laughs> but, uh, if you are cutting there we will have cut it too you know, you know this 
cut one, they sell it. Oh. It's like go and buy rags. Mommy, only want it there. Only want it there. <laughs> only want it there. Because I don't know what they are doing with that kind of thing. Anyway, that night, everything changed. Because I found the revelation of Christ in a way and manner that my life was not the same anymore. That's what I'm talking about. Through the word. There are three things the word does in our lives. Number one, the word of God informs us. It's a book of information. When you read the Bible, you know about spiritual things that you can never know any other way. Number two, it inspires faith. When you read the Bible, the Bible says faith comes by hearing. That thing, hearing, is, uh, is the ability to hear God. Are you hearing me? When you read the Bible, it's not just another book. It begins to work in you. It inspires hearing. Then the Bible says hearing comes by the word of God. So the word of God creates hearing. And when you hear, faith comes. Amen? Faith comes. Faith comes by hearing. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. So the word of God informs, the word of God inspires, and then the word of God secures obedience. You know, in your life, many things are not obedient to God. Many things. If you are sick in your body, for example, it's not obedient to God because actually every sickness is a disobedience against God. In your body. In my body. In life, anything that, that brings, that fights love is an enemy. And uh, the word of God is the one that can subject every disobedience by its working. Did you get that? It makes everything, the word of God when it works, makes everything obedient to the law of God. Everything. That is how, what faith does. I mean, what the word of God does. It informs you. Tells you the soul that sinner shall die. The Bible tells you that. Your pastor might not tell you. Your friends might not tell you. They might be hailing you. But if you open your Bible, it will tell you this life by information. The soul that sinner shall die. It's information. It's not asking counsel or do, mm -mm, it's just telling you matter of factly. <laughs> but also it inspires faith. These are supernatural impartation that comes only from the word of God. And the revelation from God's word, which is the second point I'm making, that is when the word of God gives you information or inspires faith or secures obedience in your life, the word of God is potent to achieve that end. It's the only one that can achieve it. That's why you must read the Bible. <laughs> oh, this one that you are reading on the phone and you are answering text messages, doing services. The one that you are listening to music uh, instead of reading the Bible. This one that you are not coming to Bible study to hear. <laughs> you, you, you caught yourself in the foot. What changes life? Your pastor, what changed his life? Was it Pastor Alex? No, it's the word of God. 
The word of God that found a place. It is, it is God's means. Let me say this to you then. It is God's means by which he has decided. This I'm going to heal people through his word. Psalm 107 verse 20. He sent his word. Listen. And the word healed them and delivered them from their... Is the word that heals. To look for healing any other way, better go to the hospital. To look for healing through prayer, it's, it's, it's not working. It won't work because prayer without the word will not work. That's how you know. I know. Many, we pray, 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 and they died. <laughs> because God does not heal by prayer. He heals by the word. Are you hearing me? This is a hard truth, but it's the truth. And in this greater glory, you and I can deploy the word of God and the word of God can heal people because of the greater glory. Are you still here? Philippians 2.13 <coughs> Talking about the word of God working. For God is at work in you it is God which worketh in you to will and to do. That's what I'm saying, of his good pleasure. The word of God worketh. Everybody says it works. What is he doing? It makes me to be willing. <laughs> like I'm preaching and sweating like this. It's the word of God that's helping me to do it. Even as I'm tired. Or you want to come to church and it's like, I'm, ah, I'm tired. But if the word of God has found a place, you will always want to do. Because it's working in you. Hallelujah. You are tempted with sin. Young people, tempted by the flesh. Think you must take every opportunity that the devil brings your way. The only thing that can help you is the word of God. Working in you. To will and to do. Open to 1 Thessalonians 2.13, please, if you can. I'd like to read, and this is very interesting. For this cause also, thank we God without ceasing. Paul says, I'm thanking God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you had of us, you received it not as the word of man. You know, that's the way you receive the word of man. Amen? The word of man is like... Uh, I'm not sure, Jerry. Maybe he's lying. Maybe that's not what he's saying. Maybe he's just... Mm -mm. He said, you didn't do that. But as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. Hallelujah. Everybody said the word is working. And it is effectual. Effectual means it's working. <laughs> So you can say, it is working, working. You see, when something is effectual, it's effectual. Oh, she said, it's like, they give you a drug, and then say, so she said, oh, she said, he said, the word of God is effectual. Where and how? In those who believe. If you believe it. <clears throat> I shared the story before I left this morning. Somebody was in a service. They were ministering to the sick, and just left the service. He didn't know that the, he did, they did not taught him that the word is working. So later that day, 
um, <laughs> he, he, he discovered that his glasses was not working. He used to see through it before, but he couldn't see through it anymore. He didn't know that God had healed him. So when he removed the glasses, he could see. Then when he put it, he could not see. I said, ah. He said, I need to go and change these glasses. <laughs> I'm talking about the word working. I can share another story quickly. I don't want to share too many stories so that you say, you know, Baba, you do. You to live the truth. In our church, this happened about two, three weeks ago. Actually, I was not in church that day. I was in Lagos when I went for that convention. And um, one of our grandmas, an old woman, definitely in her 80s, in her 80s, we did her 80th birthday about two or three years ago. She, she was in church like this. And uh, I've insisted, let's sing songs that glorify Jesus. Let's sing songs that talks about Jesus. Stop talking about uh, your problems or your blessings. Mm-hmm. Talk about Jesus. And I said, messages also should be about Jesus and what he has done and what he has bought for us and everything. So she left the church service. She carried in her waist a hip, a pain that is horrible, that has been there for 20 years. They didn't pray for the sick at the service, as far as I know. But she went home. That was Sunday night. And then Monday, of course, she was home. She's a grandma. She's retired. She's not going to work. This pain, when it comes, is <coughs> hopeless. So that night, that's not Monday night, I think. I can't remember the timeline effectively. She was now walking up and down with this pain in her room all by herself. But suddenly, she had a loud noise. Crack, In her waist. Then she stopped. And the pain was gone. The pain of 20 years. When she told me, the Lord said, that is a sign. He said, when the Bible says, the age you are in now is the days of signs and wonders. That is the greater glory. Are you hearing me? Without prayer, without... I have a sister in that church, the last born of my mom, she had this tooth problem. She shared this story in church. And, uh, you know, I have healing seminar about twice a year. And uh, I had one in July. This is July. So I preach and... I preach on Wednesday, Thursday and Friday. Thursday night to Friday morning. She was supposed to have a surgery in UCH. They had booked it and everything. And the surgery was supposed to take place on Friday. So, of course, she came for the healing seminar. She didn't talk to me. I didn't, I didn't even know whether she came or not. But she went home. Overnight, between Thursday and Friday, somebody appeared to her in her dream and removed the tooth that the doctor wanted to remove. Remove the tooth and put it in her hand. Physically. Then she woke up. And the tooth was in her hand. Physically. She showed me like this. I told her to come and she shared it in church. At communion service. The Lord said, that is a sign. I will do short things if you acknowledge me. I will do short things when you remember that I'm in your midst. I would do short things. I called them signs. I didn't know what signs meant. I didn't know what signs meant. I mean, 
I just thought science, science. But now when the Lord began to tell me, this is what I call signs and wonders. Somebody appears in the spirit and remove the tooth. And you see the tooth in the physical. Not in the spirit, though. In the physical. And she brought it to church and she showed everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, the word is working. The man that had his glasses and said his, heart, his eyes was healed, he was in a church service. He didn't know that the word was working. That's why I said that as I'm speaking, some of you will be getting healed. And uh, even those who are not fully healed, it will happen one week down the line, two weeks down the line. Because the word is... Let me take the last point. <laughs> God wants to reveal Christ in us. The first is that Christ is in you, that is Christ, the anointing and the anointed one. The second part is that the revelation of the word of God reveals Christ in us. The third one now is that God wants to reveal Christ in us. Paul says in Galatians 1, verse 15 and 16, to reveal his son in me. He said, when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace, to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the heathen, to reveal his son in me. God wants to reveal his son in you. It's not only you that want uh, to, the son of God to be revealed. It's not only the word of God but God himself wants to reveal his son in you. Now, Romans 8, verse 10 and 11. But if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Verse 11, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. I want you to watch. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by a spirit that dwells in you now. Christ is not the second name of Jesus. It's not his son name. <laughs> People think they call him Jesus Christ. Maybe Christ is his father's name. No. It is the name of his spirit. The spirit man. Let me help you. This hand as it is like this, it contains spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, soul, and body is in this hand. The outer one is body. The inner one is soul. The inner, inner one is spirit. So you know, this leg also, every part of our being, we are three men in one. The outer one is the one you see. That's the one you spend time be painting your face. The paint is not getting to the spirit. The soul is the next one. What does it look like? Look like the physical man. Then the inner, inner one is the spirit man. What does it look like? Like this one. Get that? The name of the outer Jesus, the name of the outside son of God is Jesus. The name of the inner son of God is Christ. So you remember. The spirit man is Christ. The outer one that you see is Jesus. Now look at that scripture again. If the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead 
Remember who Jesus is? The outer man. He said, he that raised up Christ from the dead will do something. He will give life to your physical bodies. So what I'm saying is that the same power that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you. So don't let anybody come and prophesy and this and something is going to happen. They can say anything. Anybody can say anything. And over the years, I've proven them wrong. I'm not surprised the devil has bad plans. He wants to kill me. He wants to destroy me. He wants to make me poor. He wants me to have an accident. And all those things. But you know what? This man said, time's up. Time is up. Shaking drone. Better remove it. So that they can draw. Pastor Sofoboko Yokuro. COVID 0000. I'm very obedient. If you say I should stop, I will just stop. But Motivate Paris, so just be patient. Now that 10 minutes maximum. The spirit of God that is in you is in your spirit. It contains Christ. Yes, the Holy Spirit is in you. And through you, he wants to reveal God. So when you lay hands on the sick, the sick will recover because the spirit of God that is in you is voice activated or touch activated. These are the signs that follow them that believe. Number one, cast out devils. Number two, lay hands on the sick. And this is for everybody that believes. Everybody. Not pastor alone, not apostle alone, everybody. Are you hearing me? Young people, are you hearing me? You are the generation that carry your God on the inside of you. Through you, God wants to touch people. He wants to manifest through you to change lives. If you are just confident enough to take a risk, to lay hands on the sick, you'll be surprised how God can use you. He wants to manifest through you. Can I have an amen to that? The, your spirit contains no, 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 no. God must have gone the spirit of God in you, your spirit contains the spirit of God. Your spirit, man, contains the spirit of God. But let me just tell you this. In your spirit, the spirit of God is there. In your spirit, every one of you. Because the spirit of God is in you, in your house, the spirit of God is there because it's in you. I don't see it. I don't feel it. It doesn't matter. Everybody says the spirit of God is in me. And it's working. By the word of God. That's what I'm teaching you. God now wants to manifest through you. Use you. If you believe, you can lay hands on the sick. I'm trying to have a school here where we shall be having healing technicians. And anyone that comes will train you how you can heal the sick. Just by their hands or just by commanding. 
The prayer of faith to heal the sick, if you believe. And um, that is essentially what the greater glory is. Flowing through women, through boys and girls. God manifesting through non-entities, no bodies. That is what the greater glory is about. That is the mystery. Paul says, has been healed. This is where God is going. The devil did not know. He did not know. For if he had known, he would have left Jesus alone because he has to deal with only one person called Jesus. But having killed him now, he now produced all of you people. More, more wahala for him. Because every one of you carry Christ on the inside of you. If you believe that, can you say amen? Do a better amen. amen. Do one that shows that you believe it. Amen. Over the years, God has used people in a way that is staggering just because they believe. Healing is not something you look for. It's already there. It's already provided. And the kind of healing that we are having now is proving to us that it's not by power but by, by might. It's just by the Spirit of the Lord. Believe the Word of God and you will see the glory of God. You will see the glory of God in this generation. Let me quote one more scripture and then we will pray. 1 Corinthians 2. This one scripture that used to bother me as a young Christian. Verse 9. He said, It is written, Her eye has not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Verse 10 says, But God, everybody say, But God, has revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things. Yea! deep things of God. What I'm sharing with you looks like a little deep, but it's not really deep because if you just open your spirit, your spirit can believe it. He said there are some things that eyes have not seen. And I said, what has eyes not seen? After all, Ecclesiastes said there's nothing new under the sun. But the Bible said he has prepared some things. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. For these young ones, because they don't, they don't have any hang-ups. They believe. They don't, you don't have to push them too much. You don't have to tell them. Just say, go. They'll go. They lay hands. The man is not healed. What's the problem? They try another one again. They don't have shame. They're not receiving glory from men. You know, one thing that those of us that are old, that maybe pastors and all that have, is that we, we, we care about public opinion. What do they say? What if it doesn't happen? Like you try to prophesy. The devil said, What if it doesn't happen? Then you keep quiet. He uses flesh or self to silence us. But I want to do this from this afternoon. All those who are serious. Remember that God wants to fill you with his spirit. God's purpose is that we should know him first and be lost in him. That we should enter into the fullness of the Spirit. Allow Christ to take you over. Yield yourself to Him so that His name is glorified. Let your motive be the glory of God. 
that the name of God be glorified. When I'm praying for people, I say, Lord, let your glory. You see, when you pray like that, you get answers. We want them to know that you're a powerful man of God. You say, if I be Elijah, now that is, that's not the kind of anointing I'm talking about. Though. I'm not talking of something that belongs to an Elijah or some pastor. No, no, no. I'm talking about the one that belongs only to God himself. For it to function in you, you must yield to him. And you are not arrogant or full of yourself. You are not thinking about yourself. What are you thinking about? The glory of God. In that way, we enter into the greater glory. Greater than all that we've seen in the Old Testament. Greater than all those history. And if, if, if you really want to know what this glory is, you need to read some books and see what men have done in the name of God. Actually, read your Bible. Maybe that's the safest one. You, you read this Bible alone. You see what God has done through human beings. People have walked on water. They are human beings. People have turned water to wine. Have you wine to water? No? Water to wine. <laughs> yes. People have done that. Just like it's in the Bible. Daniel entered the lion's den. And he used one for a pillow, the one for the footstool. And slept. They threw three people into fire. And they came out untouched. Even the hair on their body was not burnt. What did that? Because they believe. Don't read it. Because they believe their God. If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believe. Let me say this to you as I close. Now, some of you are healed. Let me raise up your hand. If there was a pain, that's one you can easily decide that. At the beginning, but now it is gone. Let me see. Check it, check it, check it. Some of you, as I come to the end of this, I can see that lady. Who again? I can see that lady healed. I can see that lady healed. I can see that healed. That's right. Healed. Now, it's just that the word of God that we speak is life. Sickness is absence of life. If what I'm speaking is the word of God, then God, and the same thing will happen with Pastor Fred also. From next Sunday now, if he finishes, just ask. Just be bold enough. And if nobody raises up his hand, don't, be, don't, don't say that uh, yeah, I'm not anointed. Until you take some risk. I also took a risk one day. And I saw it. I said, so I'm bold. I can say it. <laughs> the first day I did that, I was afraid. I was afraid that, ah, what if nobody raises up his hand? I saw that. Eh? I said, you are here. I just stand up. What was it? <laughs> I was surprised myself. Somebody will have his uh, bone, I mean his kneecap removed by surgery. And then the kneecap appears again. Can Pastor Alex do that? He can't. <laughs> but God can. Hallelujah. So the word of God is life. Sickness is absence of life. And when we speak the word of God, we speak life. And we expect that the life will drive our sickness. That's what that scripture says. Will drive our sickness. The word of God does it. And it's an evidence that God lives in you. Hallelujah. Everybody say God lives in me. 
I expect that you will think about this. And two things you must not forget. Number one, God lives in you. Number two, and I mean it's always there, resident. When you commit sin or you don't commit sin, as long as you're a Christian, God lives in you. Of course, you should not commit sin, but if you do sin, it doesn't drive him out. Except you live in it and continue to live in it, and uh-huh, he will leave you. But if you just commit a sin, don't say, ah, God has left me. No, the devil is deceiving you. It's not as easy as that. If you repent, he will forgive you. That doesn't affect his residency in you. The second thing you must remember, when you come to church like this, you sing Jesus-centered songs. Your pastor will preach Jesus-centered messages that gives everything to Christ. God is in the church. And when you acknowledge that, the, Lord, the Spirit of the Lord said to me, he said, I love it. He said, if you remember to always tell me they, they remember, I love it. He says, Inu Nyamadu. Pastor, you that's me. God has spoken to me. Inu Nyamadu. If my people remember me. You know, it's a terrible thing that I discovered. I forgot that I was married. You know, it's a serious matter. To forget that I was married. You think my wife would be happy if I went home and I said, You know, I forgot you were married. <laughs> you know, women, if you don't tell them you love them regularly, they will say, well, you, know, you should be telling me. I said, I've told you. He said, No, you have to be reminding me every time. Just watch.